Welcome to the heartland of America, as the World Wrestling Federation presents the first ever King of the Ring extravaganza. Tonight, eight of the toughest superstars of the WWF will bang heads in a grueling single elimination tournament to determine once and for all who is the King of the Ring. Hello there, folks. Welcome to uh, Talking Tourneys. I am one of your hosts, Sam Dimaccio, and with me, per usual, is Dan Rice. Dan, how are you doing? I'm doing fantastic, Sam. How about you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Uh, we're recording on a Saturday, so that's always nice. Always nice to feel like... Oh, a little earlier than usual. A little earlier than usual, yeah. Get a little extra rusts, which I appreciate. Yeah. Um, How are things? They're, they're pretty good. Busy, but good. Busy, but good. I love to say it. Yeah. I love to say it. Yeah. I love to mean it. Yeah. It went from about 75 degrees here to tonight the low is 32, so that's pretty fun. Yes, that is very much the same here. It is 70 today, and it will now be freezing for the foreseeable future, uh, so I'm not super pumped about that. On today's episode, we are going to be talking about New Japan Pro Wrestling's Intercontinental Title Tournament. It took place from May 13th, 2011 to May 15th, 2011. Dan, you're ready to go through the lineup. Let's get into it. All right. So our lineup consists of the... Is he in the Wrestling Observer Newsletter Hall of Fame or future WN Hall of Fame entry? Kazuchika Okada? I, I believe he's in. I would think so. I would think yeah. so. So we got Okada. We got Tetsuya Naito. We got Yujiro Takahashi. Toru Yano. Dan Moff. Hideo Saito. Josh Daniels. And MVP. A chef's kiss of a lineup. MVP. Pretty much exactly what you'd expect. Yes. Yes. And MVP is. This is not his debut show for New Japan. But he is coming off a being let go by WWE at the end of 2010. So he is a hot commodity, which I was going to maybe explain some of the decisions that are made in this tournament. Um, Yeah, he even got a win in the New Japan Cup from 2011, being Carl Anderson. So he at least seems to be respected by the New Japan Pro Wrestling office. Um, Okada, this is young Okada. 
This is coming off the TNA stint. Survicata. We're like, okay, he is not he's not close to a finished product. Or at least he's not put the key pieces together that make him who he is. Um Tetsuya Naito and Yujiro sort of at the start of their separation, I think, as tag team of Fernolamet. Hideo Saito, the future bone soldier, Captain New Japan. And then Josh Daniels, who I had thought was like a JAPW lifer. So I should know up front the Intercontinental New Japan Pro Wrestling Intercontinental Title Tournament happens across the not first, but the first in many years tour for New Japan Pro Wrestling taking place in like smaller venues like the Rawway Convention Center and the arena in Philadelphia. But it was a big deal at the time. I think I think it is the first, right? Is it? I, I believe this, so. this seems incorrect, but I, mean, I have to believe it. I've done zero research. I've just saying okay. it. Fair enough. But like that works a lot. Yes. But so the, what I tried to get to, I guess, was this is a conjunction series of shows with Jersey All Pro Wrestling. For Josh Daniels, I assumed he was a JPW lifer. Not the case. Only wrestled less than like a handful of matches. Was a regular for New York Wrestling Connection out there. But that's it. So how he got in this tournament, I have no flipping idea. Now, I was actually a big Josh Daniel guy. That but like right. six years prior, seven years prior, he w- I weirdly got super in the World 1, which was uh, Steve Carino's like... Zero one USA promotion. It was like Carino and CM Punk and Spanky and Low Key. And then Josh Daniels was like one of their featured young guys. Like he was on it. He teamed with Matt Striker a lot. It was like Yoshihitu Sasaki. I'm terrible with names, but him, he was like the Japanese young up and comer. And then Josh Daniels was like the American young up and comer. And I think he got some shots in Ring of Honor at that time. But I didn't remember him doing anything in 2011. I didn't know he was still going at that point. That's very interesting. I knew nothing about this man. So that's but he all- actually is replacing Tama, uh, Tama Tonga in the show. Okay. That He's makes like a last minute replacement. Yeah. A lot more sense. Now that you say that, I still don't know how he is the, the fill in regardless. They have all the talent there. There's so many names on these shows. Just bring someone else in. I guess it doesn't matter. What were your thoughts on this lineup when you first saw it? I mean, it's very strange. Um, I mean, I guess like you need some of the other names, like you need like the big New Japan names they brought because you have Prince Devitt and Kojima and like you have bigger New Japan names on here, but they're like we got to give them Takahashi and Saito. Um, <laughs> even Dan Moff makes sense because Dan Moff is a JAPW guy. Yeah, for sure. But like, oh, Tamatanga can't. Well, he Tamatanga, I think, was young and new, so that makes sense. Maybe they wanted to showcase him, but like, oh, we can't get him. Who do we get? We have, you know, we have all these New Japan lifers. We have Liger. We have Kenny Omega. We have Loki. Like, no, just call up Josh Daniels. Um. Yeah, they said, hey, let me ring it up. We got the guy. Yeah. He was probably there, trying to work some strange through. shows. It's some strange shows. And I believe after this, 
JAPW did not run shows for a very, very long time because they lost so much money. Ah, so really, it's the Chikara Joshi shows of JPW. Yeah. So, before we get into the tournament proper, Dan, what is your history with this tournament? Do you have history with this tournament? I knew it was going on at the time. Um, I remember being excited about some of the lineups, like some of the matches that were announced. But 2011 is actually probably like towards my low point as a wrestling fan, like just the, the amount of wrestling I was consuming. So I didn't watch any of this. If it was even available to watch, I don't know. So I do not believe this was available to watch in any really meaningful way. Um, some commercial releases happened pretty substantially after the fact, if I recall. There's definitely still like bunch of clip matches along with some of the more high profile bouts uh this is probably my peak of my new japan fandom somewhere between 2010 to 2012 it was really when i was like yeah i'm in it this is my promotion loving the sport of professional wrestling so to me this was a big deal the i had not explored traveling to shows by this point otherwise i probably would have tried to go to the, these that was going to be my question. I was like, well, in that case, did you look into it? Yeah, this was, I was 18 and was not doing a lot of that. It was not until I was that summer afterwards. I, you know what? What if I just went around the Northeast and Midwest and hit up shows that I thought were interesting? But, so I didn't go to this or any of these shows, but this was like a meaningful thing to me that, like, okay, this is super interesting. I'm really excited that this promotion that I've been watching is now taking this for me. I was a real weeb at this point. But yeah, I was excited for this and then I was able to watch some of the commercial stuff, but didn't really paint a full picture of the tournament, necessarily. Because for me, that wasn't really the prime motivation. <laughs> it was stuff like uh, Furl Debit versus Loki, who at the time I enjoyed both of those wrestlers. That has changed pretty substantially over the years, but yeah, it was a big part of my fandom at the time. Not maybe that tournament specifically, but these shows were pretty meaningful for what I was looking looking for from Brussels Wrestling at the time. You wanted to see Togi Makabe versus Rhino in a hardcore match. Absolutely. That's 100%. Okay. okay. I understand. But I definitely always felt like there's stuff happening like this during this era of of indie wrestling where maybe not to the extent where it's like a full promotion coming over, but you're doing weird matches. There being weird shows that are being propped up by maybe like ECW talent, pretty much, um, with the outsiders coming in being more of the national draw or tape trading draw. Not even tape trading; it's just the DVD business draws. Um, but all right, let's get into it. We're gonna start off from the uh, May thirteenth, two thousand eleven, Rawway, New Jersey, from the Rawway Convention Center. We have the quarterfinals, the first round in the tournament. We started off. With Hideo Saito versus Yujiro Takahashi. Dan, what are we thinking? First match up, what's going on? Well, the first thing I'll note is that it starts off with uh, like a montage of fans coming into the Rawway Rec Center and signing autographs. And they did make the whole thing look better than every indie who's ever been there. <laughs> like it seemed, it seemed professional, and I don't know what the attendance was, but it seemed like there were a lot of fans there. Like They made it seem like a big deal. Like They pretty strategically decided who to put in it because it wasn't like 
slovenly wrestling fans or any embarrassing people. It just looked like it made all the New Japan guys seem like really big stars to be signing these autographs. Yeah. Um, as for the match, uh, it was all right. I mean, it was pretty standard. Um, I liked uh, the future Captain New Japan more than I would thought I would because I don't have any fond memories of Captain New Japan, but I like him. Like the one moment that sticks out is he was choking, just like full hands, both hands choking Takahashi, and the referee, you know, gives him the count and pulls his hands off. So he gets up and just steps on his throat. I think that's a good move. Um, I, I don't know. It was pretty standard, like non offensive match. I mean, both of them, I don't like either guys. I don't like Takahashi and I don't like Captain New Japan or Hideo Saito. And I like this more than I thought I would. What about you? I'm a fan coming out of this. I was like, oh, man, Yujiro could have been somebody. Maybe not like a megastar or like a tippy top talent. But he wouldn't, shouldn't have been someone I dreaded in the way that I yeah. ended up dreading. So that's really what this kind of match felt like. It's like, oh. Saito's kind of a lump of clay in a lot of sense where, like, he doesn't need to do a whole lot. But, um, usually I thought, like, looked like fiery. And that's something that I was not expecting coming into this. Yeah, he was actually probably one of the more pumped up guys in the tournament as far as energy goes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which he is felt not like, something you think about him in the future. Yeah, he seemed like, okay, this is my opportunity to really show out a little bit. Um, but yeah, like I'm kind of with you, sort of a fine match overall, but it's whatever. No, but definitely exceed expectations because I'm like you where, when the point when I felt like I needed to watch every G1 match, which is a sickness that no one should do. But when you see Takahashi name come up, you would just dread it. And then as a wrestling fan, for some reason, still watch it. But the, the, this one wasn't, this wasn't that at all. This was good. Yeah. Fine. And we're over it. We're over it. We're over watching yeah. G1 every night. All right. Next matchup, Naito versus Josh Daniels. How do you think of your boy here? Oh, man, my boy. I will say it's really funny because I think the Josh Daniels rep in 04, 05 when he was kind of a thing was like the like the prototypical vanilla midget Dean Malenko cosplay. And he was he was here. He was, he was trying to play to the crowd a lot. He was, you know, doing stuff. I don't know if it was working, but he was doing stuff. Yeah, if this was a uh, like a, a tryout for New Japan, it was another failure. Oh wow! Oh yeah, yeah. I don't like. You're right. He played to the crowd. I thought he did good in that respect, but like in the end, he did not wrestle kind of the style that these most of these fans were there to see. Which is the style that I remember him wrestling. So it's so funny that like I guess in those six seven years where I stopped watching him, he became whatever he was in this match which is just like standard indie heel. And I was like, why would you do that against Naito? Like, and what you could be like, you know, if, if he had a good showing, whether or not he got into new Japan, it could get him more indie bookings, more high profile indie bookings outside of New York. Yeah. I, I, I think like, Hey, what other wrestler could have hopped in here and been like, Oh, Hey, here's my opportunity to do something. Josh Daniels is like stooging doing indefensive offense that doesn't generate any heat. That's what I'm here for. This is such a stupid moment, but he is on the outside and he drapes Naito in the ring, but over the apron, he does the thing where he calls the handheld camera over. He like waves him over and then hits 
the weakest elbow on the entire show. And I'm just like, you called him over. Like, why are you not laying that in? Yeah, it was embarrassing. It was embarrassing. Yeah, I'm like, I'm like thank you for calling it over. It's to really highlight what a terrible strike this is. This is one of the more boring matches of the tournament. I don't think it's like a truly offensive match by any means. I could never, like, one, I was about to say, I would never recommend this match to anyone, which is true, but I also don't think there's a single person I could say, hey, go watch this. And I can ask them within the next week, hey, did you watch that match? And them to be able to recall anything about it. Yeah, I have notes. And if you ask me, that's not a lot. If you ask me anything outside of that, I have nothing. Um, Naito looks bored far beyond his gimmick. Uh, doesn't take the t-shirt off. Doesn't doesn't seem to be want any part of the match. Yeah, I, I don't know why. Naito doesn't do it either night of this tournament or any of the nights of this tournament. Until the end. Finish is Charlie Startup Press. Oh, and we didn't watch it, but Josh Daniels faces Kenny Omega the next night. God damn it. So if that's not like a tryout to like get more of a spotlight on you and make a big show, like I don't know what is. I do have questions here of like what I was gonna say like how much Kenny Omega is doing in New Japan around this time. So I would imagine not much. Yeah, he probably, again, this was like not me, but I, I think he's still more of a DDT guy at that point. Yeah, he was doing All Japan Pro Wrestling Yeah, stuff. So it looks like... But I think a lot of the big Kodo Bushi matches I feel like came in 2012, but I don't know. Okay, so yeah, he is wrestling there pretty regularly. By this time, or at least, well, let me, sorry, let me re-look at that. Um, no, he doesn't really hit the best of the Super Juniors until June, uh, June, it looks like. Unless I'm looking at this all wrong. But either way, like, Kenny Omega isn't high in the pecking order at this time. He eventually will come to that, but at this point, he's not a huge person. I would say. Um, Still a level two above, above Josh Daniels. Yes, but maybe not a level two above Naito at this point. No, 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 no. Um, should have it up before the show. Apologies there, everyone, for listening to me ramble on that one. Then we have, next up, Toriano versus Dan Moff. Okay, now we're cooking. Now we're cooking. This is yeah, good. I like this a lot. This was real good. Yano. He really used to be a real good heel. Like he you know, spits water on a fan immediately. Like comes out of the apron, just spits on a fan. Like sometimes and forget then, that he's not just a corny guy. No, he was a heel here. He was a heel, and Dan Moff was over as a Jersey All Pro hero. Yeah, Moff's just a bruiser, and it's gonna take it to sort of a slimy heel, and this works. It's a a fun match that I don't really have like any strong details to write to like exposition about. I just thought Yano really played his role and Moff was here to show up for his fans. And that's uh that works. That's thumbs up. Well, I think coming right after, well, at least with the way we watch it coming right after that match, like Josh Daniels 
like aping a heel wrestler versus Yano being a heel wrestler in this was very apparent. Like, but they did similar spots, like Yano cheap shots after a handshake, which I'm pretty sure Josh Daniels does too, but just all of it hits different. Yeah. Yeah, it works. Um, in the um, end, Yano steals this one, yeah. but this is a good match. This is definitely worth, worth watching out of this. I, I should also note this tournament. Every match is fairly short. I don't think anything tops 12 minutes, and most matches are under 10. So, while we may not recommend stuff, easy to get into. All right. So I'd, rec- I'd recommend this, for sure. Okay. Okay, I mean, there we go. It's, it's, it's 10 minutes, and it's 10 minutes in a hot crowd. That's enough for me to recommend to somebody. Yes. Especially, I mean, if, if, if the match sounds like something you want to watch. Yeah. I was more talking about the tournament as a whole, but yes. yes oh, for yeah, sure. Yeah. Which we'll, we'll talk about in a little bit. Um, next match, Okada versus MVP. This match is very mm. slow. I watched this the first time and I thought it was pretty boring. Pretty not great. There is a specific moment that I am a huge fan of. But other, that being Okada yelling, bawling himself, stealing the MVP cast phrase. Incredible bit. Other <laughs> than that, not a lot to write about this to me. I then today was like, let me rewatch this, see if I missed something. I watched it at 1.5 speed. I could have swore my computer was broken because could not have been that fast. But it was. Dan, what were your thoughts? See, I agree very slow. And actually, you shocked me when you said nothing was over 12 minutes in this tournament. Because I would have thought this was 15, 16, 17 minutes. Like... It went forever, and like so this is Baby Okada. Like I, I think he might still be in TNA if not just finishing up. Um, and it's weird because I have this memory, this vague memory of MVP really like putting his working boots on because like he was always a New Japan guy. Like he, that's like what he liked. But he just, I don't know. He seemed like maybe not feeling touring. that same way anymore. No, <laughs> I guess I was just like a fake memory I had. Like so this was a touring WWE guy, like ex WWE guy going to Indies. Doing his catchphrase, doing his moves. Um, though, did he use that submission? In WWE was that a thing he did? I don't remember. I don't, tell yeah, you. I don't remember him doing that. But yeah, this was this was nothing. This was. I mean, Okada seemed way more pumped up to be there than Naito, but it did translate to a good performance, regardless. Yeah. Uh, which is a little sad. Next up, we're moving on to May fourteenth, New York City. Basketball City. First up, Toriyama versus Yujiro. I am a big fan of this match. I thought this kicked butt. We again have Yano as the slimy heel. But instead of Dan Moff being the bruiser, is Yujiro, who's just kind of a spark plug power junior. And it whips. Dan, what are you thinking? Uh, big fan as well. Uh, and again, I don't know. It's got to be New Japan doing it because, like, I've seen Ring of Honor and Basketball City, and this is, looks better. And but this match is awesome. Uh, I think we're you're 90 seconds in before Yano's throwing a chair, so you know it's a, you know it's a good match then. Um, like I said, this this was this one was real short. It was probably six seven minutes something like that, and I'm pulling it up to eight minutes, and 
it was just the crowd was hot the whole time. This crowd hated Yano so much, which is awesome because it's not the same. I mean, it probably is some of the same crowd, but it's not all the same crowd. Like it's a different city, different building, different state. Yeah, it is nice how over he's been. It's a little sad how where this ends up, but he's over. He gets it. He's doing everything he can. I think it plays really well with Yujiro. The co- the whole bit for Yano is that folks are going to counter his attempts at stealing, uh, stealing the win, at cheating. And Yujiro does it with a big German one time. It rocks. And then Yujiro is going for a lightning strike or whatever it's called. Where I, I don't remember what it's called. Maybe it's a spinal tap. Couldn't tell you. But Yano holds the referee to bring him down with him so that he could do some chicanery and make Yujiro run into a chair. Hit his last ride and win it. It rocks. I just think this is a really tight match that I wish the whole tournament had kind of that identity of like understanding how to really hit it and hit it hard. Agreed. Like this is this is perfect, and I just I know that everyone going to this is New Japan fans, but it is it is amazing how over the New Japan guys are in the middle of you know a couple thousand people in New York City. Yeah, yeah. this is definitely before that sort of peak wave. Yeah, as this is happening in Basketball City, rather than I don't know an arena that holds five thousand six thousand people. All right, next match. The semifinals. MVP versus Tetsuya Naito. I, the crowd is vibing less with this match. I think it's fair to say. Dan, what are your overall thoughts? Uh, I'm with you. It's like it's pretty funny to go up and saying, like, oh, it's awesome how over these New Japan guys are when there's no New Japan world and there's no easy access to half the stuff that's airing. And... Then there's MVP straight off of WWE television. It's like, it doesn't feel like the crowd cares. Um, they like balling. They like that. Um, Naito apparently was, this was a punishment coming on, this, on these shows because, again, is bored out of his mind. Um, not as slow as MVP's first round match, but still not great. Yeah, there was some weirdness early on where it felt like The roles didn't make sense. MVP, know why he's the babyface. He's coming off WWE. People love that. But Naito can't play a heel to that. It didn't make sense pretty early on. It didn't make sense throughout the entire duration of the match. But MVP absolutely was not giving anything as far as like, oh, I should probably heal it up a little bit against the person that people are maybe here for. That aren't me. Um, we do get another shirtless Naito Stardust press, but it's to no one. It looked sloppy <laughs> as hell, which also very funny. It's like, okay, you're not even hitting anyone. You don't. How do you still make it look like sloppy as heck? Couldn't tell you. It's the most nonchalant finish also to this match. We're just like, okay, MVP slaps his overdrive on submission done. Didn't feel built to whatsoever. Sort of just comes on. Nowhere and bites you in the ass. Dan, you got anything you want to add here? No. And it's like, 
I, I guess I do. It seems like it's very clear they're trying to get MVP over. They're trying to get the submission over, and it's having it's having the opposite effect. I every match, I like MVP less, and I don't care about the submission. <laughs> yeah, and the noise. There's no through line here. Like also is that this is applying to different fans every single night. Like you said, there's going to be some crossover, but by and large, these are different audiences showing up to see this without any way to watch this immediately. So this work that's being done to really build this up, absolutely meaningless (laughs) when people can't actually see what the build looks like. It just looks like absolute ass. Um, so, all right, all right, that's the semifinals, but before we get to the finals, take place on May 15th, at the Asylum Arena, the ECW Arena, the 305 Arena, the arena, we're going to talk about another match that happens on this same show, it is Davey Richards versus Hiroshi Tanahashi. Dan, we threw this at, we kind of discussed, hey, should we add anything more to the show? Because this is a short tournament. He said, said, yes. We have Um, fighting stuff, though. Yeah, I mean, you think, I don't know why these shows aren't on New Japan World. As it turns out, this matches. We didn't watch it on New Japan World, at least. That's not the link I sent you. But this matches, and what we're going to discuss. But I don't think the whole, and like the finals are, but the whole shows aren't. Which is very strange. And the, the site we end up finding it on just covered with porn ads. Truly. Littered with them. And I don't know how you watch this stuff, but I, maybe I'm not, this maybe the most technologically best way to do it. I just put it up my iPad and cast it to my TV. I don't like doing that. <laughs> I don't know why. I don't like having porn ads all over my living room TV. Is that great? TV, I never want my TV to be smaller than when it's just, I got to wait that five seconds to hit skip. Yeah. It's difficult. It ain't um, worth it. Yeah, so we couldn't find all that. We found I found this one, which ended up being New Japan World, but I didn't know. I found it on like Billy Billy, and it comes right before the finals on the actual show too. But this was like one of the matches that like this was clearly a draw at the time, and we could find it and it was in full the whole match. So we watched it. Yeah, the only like one of the only other matches from this tour on New Japan World is Tanahashi versus Charlie Hawes. I have no idea what the selection process was. Big weird. Big weird. Yeah. I mean, that's that match was a, the Charlie Haas match was also a title match, like an IWGP title match, where this wasn't. Which I'm like, okay, I guess, why does Charlie Haas get it, but Davey Richards doesn't? Is Charlie Haas in New Japan and I don't know it? It might be because Dave Richards is a New Japan junior. Oh, they do hate the small guys. Okay. They hate the small guys. It's a very weird oh match gosh. for them to book, in all honesty. Just because, <laughs> even though this is 2011 David Richards, I wouldn't say at the peak of his powers, but in that stratosphere. <laughs> against Hiroshi. Yeah I, would, t- yeah. I would say pretty close to the peak, right? I mean, what would yeah. you consider peak David Richards? 0-9-10. So Yeah, uh, yeah I guess it's a little, you could consider a little the, the downside of his peak, but yeah. Yes, yeah. And like, a lot of the talk around his uh, title victory, best in the world, for against Eddie Edwards was like, oh, he missed the bow. Like, this should have happened before Eddie got his victory. 
and that sort of it cooled down the momentum he had carried from matches against like Hero, Danielson, and whatnot. That's a different podcast, but that's every almost every Ring of Honor title change. True. Is, Very is true. like just a little too late. Yeah. But Davey definitely suffered some of that. But this is still a big match. This is this Hiroshi Tanahashi, one of the people everyone's here to see against one of the biggest indie wrestlers out there right now. Unfortunately, in New Japan, that means like a tag team tier New Japan Junior who's not really in the t- the big title picture, the actual title picture, and the heavyweight champion. It doesn't quite play out there like that way to me, so I'm happy with that decision, but it's still sort of a weird thing to kind of have to approach this match from. But Dan, what are your actual thoughts on this one? Well, starting off, if I called anyone a star, said anyone was over, not not as much as Tanahashi. It was very clear that the fans that were there were there to see Tanahashi. Like they were, they were in love with him. Um, not the biggest David Richard guy, even at the time. But like I said, this was like a low point in my fandom, and it kind of came as I wasn't a fan of the David Richards, Eddie Edwards era of Ring of Honor, and Ring of Honor was my number one promotion, as we talked about in the past. And so that's kind of what pushed me out of watching wrestling a little. I was almost purely just watching WWE and then whatever was told to me, like recommended, like, watch this, watch this. Um, but David Richards, what you cannot say is that he doesn't try. Everything he does is 110%, whether you want it to be or not. Um, and Tanahashi really brought it, too. Like, they were both enthused and energized. I mean, some of that energy is going towards legwork that means nothing and does nothing. But they're doing it at, you know, 100%. They're doing it at 100%. And that's what I love about good old DR. He just really goes for it. He he does, this is really nitpicky. He does this one, some like, submission which is basically just like lightly stretching Tanahashi's thighs, which I don't know what you call the exercise, but like if you can do a butterfly stretch, it's a little less painful than that is what it looks like. And that takes over a minute of him just like pushing down on Tanahashi's thighs. Hey, you gotta do what you gotta do. You gotta do what you gotta do. What? Now, you said you really wanted to talk about one point in this match. What was that? Oh, it's one of the most embarrassing things as a professional wrestling fan I experienced. And that was David Richards getting two CW chants. Pretty violently. Ferociously. Loudly. At the start of this match. To the point where other fans booed them down for doing it. See, that's funny. I wasn't sure what they were chanting. Mm. Yeah, they were chanting two CW. I, that's really funny. Of all the promotions, it'd be like, David Richards... 2CW. Yeah, 2CW fans are a different breed. Truly. They are some of the most deranged folks I've met in fandom. They really love the the professional wrestling promotion 2CW. And, you know, respect to them. But they made that a personality trait to a degree that I don't feel comfortable with whatsoever. And I was the 2CW guy in Twitter circles and whatnot. But I've got nothing on the folks that we're doing, go traveling to shows that felt cool, and really also doing the other part of their job, spreading the gospel of two CW at these shows. I just find that to be sickening behavior on behalf of people. 
I mean, you are the reason I know of 2CW. So, no one um, should. It is a dead promotion. David Richards wrestled 12 matches for them. Yes. It's not like a long stay. You don't got a lot of people on these shows to be chanting 2CW at. So, you got to take what you can get. (laughs) I guess so. I guess so. Davey's the 2CW guy in that case. Gotta respect it. Former 2CW. He's definitely way more of a 2CW guy than Tanahashi. Truly, 100%. We can all agree on that. 100%. No. I I like this match, actually. I didn't feel like that leg work was particularly inconsequential. I feel like they at least try to carry some of it through. Maybe I've maybe grown soft on the whole leg work business and limb work business. Mostly because everyone does it poorly anyway. I would say a lot of it is because there's so many like much shittier versions of Davy Richards now. Yes. Yeah. Everything is just worse. Everything. So is you're worse. like, Davy Richards wasn't that bad. All right. Yeah. Yeah. I've grown up like, you know what, Davy? He at least, I, I never questioned his heart. Never questioned that he thought he was doing the right thing. Even if it was deeply the wrong thing, he was committed to that act. And that's just beautiful. Nothing this match was embarrassing, which is not something that Josh Daniels or Naito or MVP or Okada, they can say. Yeah. There is a moment in this match I do really like as far as like, hey, Davey isn't Davey here. He's not indie Davey. He is New Japan or just kind of indie heel Davey Richards where he's doing this late work. Say what you will about the quality of it. He's doing it. He's going for it. But it looks like he's gonna go for an Indian Deathlock. It would, but he gets met with the weirdest chant. Weirdest chant. In my book was not even a chant, but the crowd going with the Ric Flair. Woo! And I was like, one. At no point does it look like he's about to hit this figure four. This looks like it's an Indian Deathlock or something of that nature. So what are we doing here? But then he flips the bird to the crowd and just kind of walks out of this mission, which I thought, you know what? That's what a heel should do. Just really just be pissed off and not give the fans what they want. And it start, helps start off Tanahashi's comeback, which I was like, okay, that's how that should work. Heel does a dumb thing to be a rude person and immediately gets comeuppance on that fact. It's not hard. It's not rocket science. But also there are some embarrassing things in this match. Um, oh. Maybe not like truly embarrassing in the sense of Josh Daniels, who I think just like, hey, you should never show that performance to anyone. You will maybe get canceled from bookings at that point. But there's just some dancey sequences and some strike exchanges. And you're like, okay, what are we doing here? Let's let's shoot her get off the pop. Well, that's part of the David Rich experience is yeah. that he's he's seven or eight spots ahead. So, like, the spot he's on almost doesn't matter. Like, he's going through it as fast as possible to get to the next one to get to the next one. Because there's one time where I think Tanahashi was throwing him off, out of the ring, but Tanahashi had nothing to do with it. Like, he barely touched him, and then Davey just flung himself over the ring, over the rope. <laughs> and I was like, you might want to wait for him to at least, like, push in that direction a little. Just let him try. Put a little yeah. effort into it. Yeah. All right. I mean, yeah, I'm coming off negative. This is This is one of the better matches. Of yeah, the, of that we've watched in this in this episode by far. No, it's good. I think it's good. Yeah. I and would. If, and if you want to see Dave Richard versus Tanahashi, you're going to like it even more than me. 
Yeah, if that watch this. if that match sounds good to you, I think this is pretty close to an idealized version of a WWE main event version of that match. Take yeah. that way as you will. And he really blew my mind with him. You're right. He's a New Japan Junior, so he can't have the world title match. And they did not wrestle like that at all. No. So, like, that was like an office decision, probably. But Tanahashi didn't carry that through because, I mean, he, he went 50 50 with him. He didn't, you know, squash him or anything. Yeah. And Davey wasn't exactly full blown, hey, I got to show him the best in the world kind of malarkey. But he's not completely off that. <laughs> All right, we're moving on. It's time for the finals. It's Toriyana versus MVP. How are you feeling, Dan? Well, which again, not the main event, because the main event is Togemakave versus Rhino in a hardcore match. That's what <laughs> that's what sent the fans home. That wasn't a joke. That was the last match of the three days of what I think is New Japan's first American tour. But going on to this match. Uh, MVP's best match of the, of the weekend, uh, because Yano is just amazing in it. Um, he does all the Yano stuff you want, uh, chokes him with the tape. Um, there's umbrella foolishness, but uh, MVP is just like, you use the word slow. He's just so slow with everything he does. Uh, like, it's like he's wrestling in, in underwater, which is not how I remember him. I mean, again, I guess I had like rose-covered glasses on thinking of MVP. Not like he's one of my favorites, but he was not good in these three matches. And I know that they're trying to put him over and they want him to be the first champion, but it's like, I don't know how you... Maybe you call an audible after the second match. And you go, no, Yano's taking <laughs> That would be the call. That would be the call. Like, uh, the first match, you give it to him, but the second match, and then, like, halfway through this one, you should be running to the ring and be like, no. The low blow is the finish. We made a mistake. The umbrella is the finish. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I I agree. I agree. MVP, I don't know if I ever treated him like this underused SmackDown worker or anything like that. But I never felt like, okay, this is a guy that was always trying hard, even if I don't like it. Not like a Dave Richards try hard, but, you know, effort. It's there. I thought I liked all the MVP Matt Hardy stuff. That's like a memory I have. I do not want to go rewatch it. I wouldn't recommend it. Even if it ends up being good, don't recommend it. So, yeah, my kind of thoughts are, yes, this is MVP's best match. Is it saying much? No, not really. Is Yano still just, like, real good in these matches? Yes, very much so. I do think I'm a little annoyed that, like I discussed earlier, these shows are not being presented in front of the same crowds every single night. And Yano is clearly, like, building a story of his matches of how he's kind of eking them out and how he's stealing them away from his opponents. He sort of just like gets it immediately on that first round matchup. Okay. First time I'm really going to go cheat, cheat. I'm getting the win. Does that next match. He has to do a little finagling to even get his underhand business on, but boom, gets it. Sneaks it out. Here, he does it all that all that business again. Gets it kicked out the first time, and then goes for it again, and pulls off more shenanigans than he did the first time. Still no victory. 
But the crowd's just not into it in the same way that they would be if they actually got to experience all that stuff in real time or over the course of a period of time where they could actually digest it. So that was a little bit of a bummer. And MVP, this is the least pro MVP crowd of the night, I thought. Is that fair? Yeah, I think that's fair. It's almost like a portion of the crowd maybe did go to all three shows. Yes. <laughs> so they're done with him. <laughs> and, and I, this, again, I was more pro MVP coming into this than I should have been. I already hated the playmaker. It's maybe, it's one of the worst finishers ever. It looks so dumb. But then I guess it's not the finish because he locks in his, the Koji clutch of death or whatever the submission movie he's using is that they put over, that they use, they put him over three of their stars. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. It's, it's a, I thought this match was fine. It just clearly was not maybe my favorite match of the tournament. And it really felt like, oh, Yano is really doing so good to all tournament. I wish he would have taken it. It was the first time I was like, okay, I, I know why the other guy won, but really hindsight 2020, the title, the title that really is meaningless for years before Shinsuke Nakamura gets it. Should have had Yano go for it. That's the tournament, Dan. I do this thing. It's like in the four episodes we have so far or whatever. Oh, I say I don't want a fantasy book. Very clearly, I do want a fantasy book. So let yeah. me say this. <laughs> Instead of MVP, it's Dan Moth. You switch their places. You have Dan Moth and Yano have their match as a final. Let Yano win. Take the title back to Japan. The crowd hates it, but then they go home happy seeing Toga Makabe versus Rhino. Yeah. And you yeah. only have to see one MVP match in the three days. Or... Dan Moff wins, and he's going to New Japan. Well, I'd like that even better. That seems even for my fantasy, that seems maybe too far fetched. But. And then zoom forward. But he doesn't. Who who's the second champion? Isn't it? Uh, is it Tanaka? I think it's Tanaka. So off, oh, man. I want Dan Moff Tanaka. See, that would be incredible. Yeah, I don't know if that's ever happened, but I I want that match. You would think it has to have happened at some point. But I don't know. That's the tournament, though. Are we ready to get into some ratings? Or, oh, no, sorry. We're going to start off with our match of the tournament. Dan. I got to go Yano Moth. I mean, that was my favorite match of the tournament. And I don't, I don't think it was really close. That's surprising. That's surprising. I get that, though. I understand that match is a really, it is a hoot several times over. For me, my favorite match of the tournament was Toriyano versus Yujiro Takahashi. Okay. I think for Uh, very similar reasons, we're kind of still championing those matches. Yeah. Again, I feel like this is maybe going to be underwhelming when we pick our MVP of the the tournament. Yeah, you're going to hope that we're still, we're going to start to get a tournament with a couple real hot contenders here. Um, My biggest thing is that I don't think I'll ever want to, I just would much rather rewatch the Moth match. Like, that feels like something I could pop on randomly. I couldn't because the only way I know how to watch it is on a site covered with porn. But and if I had part of on, the rest of the trip. Yeah. Which actually, we that the New Japan released it somewhere because it's on that site. Just the tournament matches back to back to back to back, which we need for all the shows we're going to review. Ahead of their time. Yeah. But okay, your MVP of the tournament is MVP? Fuck off. <laughs> we're all thinking it. It's Toru Yano. 
It's Yano. Everyone go watch the Yano matches on these shows. They're all, I think... I, and you won't hate MVP as much. Yeah, mostly because you won't have seen the other matches. two matches. Yeah, exactly. You'll think we'll be in too harsh, probably. Probably, probably. It's a good but experience. Takahashi's probably the second contender for that MVP spot, right? For, like, the you know the best worker of the tournament. For sure. I thought... Which is crazy. If, if it wasn't Hideo Saito, maybe he would be more in contention. But then you look I'm at the rest of this. Say, I was like, ooh, I wonder if Josh Daniels is good in this. <laughs> <laughs> I, like, I want you to know, like, poor... Oh, four. I'm a high school student still. It was buying, like, the commercial World 1 DVDs for some reason. I think because I was, like, such a Carino fan that I was like, I don't want to pirate these. I want to make sure that I'm getting, like, legit $20 a pop DVDs of these shows in the middle of nowhere. I want Carino to know personally that I spent my hard-earned money here. Like, if I ever meet him, I'm going to be like, hey, I paid for this. I wasn't, I wasn't paying a piece for, of shit. I wasn't paying for, like, a lot of legit wrestling at that used point. To be a piece of shit. Yeah, I get that. Used to be a piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, now only, like, two people know what we're laughing about. Oh, no. Anyone that's listening to the show, I... <laughs> 75% chance. Or I think you can leave. I think you should leave, oh. Yeah, actually, don't watch the Yano matches. Just watch. I think you should leave. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Season one, season two, bangers. There's all bangers there. Worst things to spend your time on. Also short. Doesn't take a lot of time. Oh, we got to rate the we got to rate the tournament now. We got to rate this tournament now. We are not considering Richard Tanahashi when we rate this. Correct. Correct. Okay. I'm gonna go off and I'm gonna say it right away. One point five. Oh wow! I went point five too. All oh, right. <laughs> there we go. Okay. Not 1.5, 2, but 1.5 also. I should yeah. clarify for the fans at home. That'd be, I mean, you're getting really into it. You're 1.5, 2. Like, what, was, what was the, for greatest wrestler ever, what was the turn? What was the, the mathematical equation? Big laugh. Yes. Yes. <laughs> if you're doing 1.5, 2, you're on a different level than me. Just a different thing altogether. I think this tournament is not good. No, people should not watch this. No, which, which is good weird. for them. It's, it's hard to find. It's also weird because I feel like you said, "Hey, yeah, just go watch the Yano matches." Like that's a good time, which is a good chunk of this tournament. And yet we're like, "Yeah, drizzling shits. Don't <laughs> fucking do this." Which should really help you understand how bad the rest of the tournament is outside of Yano. Truly, we didn't sound so down on it because it is short. It's not good. <laughs> We both like short matches. We both like a lot of these guys, I think, at different points in our wrestling fandoms. Like, this could have been, like, a secret hidden gem. I had forgotten everything about this, so I was I, I was thinking, you know what? This is it. We found something. I was worried. I, no lie, was worried about Yano How and Takahashi. Push. I was like, oh, I'm not big fans of them. I didn't even, I didn't put together who uh, Saito was at first. But I was like, oh, I mean, I will see. We'll see. We'll see. And then I was just shocked by all of it. <laughs> and again, Loki, Homicide, uh, Liger, uh, Nakamura, Kenny Omega, uh, Prince Devitt. These guys are all there at all these shows. Yeah, they're not in the tournament. Before New Japan really blew up in the States, I, I say that they can't really sell out much in the United States currently. So maybe not much has changed. But it's like, man, weird how things have changed. Or like, 
Naito is one of the guys. Okada is one of the guys. Yano and Takahashi are the opposite of the guys. I, there are lots of people that I think still ironically like Yano. I don't know anyone that's like genuine, very genuine about it. They just love the DVD gimmick or whatever. I don't know if that's still going. I'm maybe a lot to have a loop. Before we watched Tanahashi or David Richards, I suggested we could have watched one of those King of Pro Wrestling mini tournaments, and you just no sold it. I was like, absolutely <laughs> fucking not. <laughs> Which I thought was the probably the right answer. <laughs> maybe one day. I don't. I don't think you even told me no. I think you just went on to the next message as if I hadn't said that. You, you did. Yeah. 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 I moved on with my life. That my brain just like blacked it out and said, you know what? You don't need to be like my co-host is a. And I was like, what year is this tournament? No. App, no. That is not going to resonate with me, baby. But at that point, I had watched this tournament. So I'm on like a Yano high. So like I'm thinking that he is just a super worker. <laughs> yeah. How'd that go for you? No, I didn't watch it. Are you good. kidding? Okay. Good, I, good, was, good. I would never watch modern wrestling without you confirming that you're also watching. It. No, absolutely not. But what we will be talking about next episode, MAW, Mid-American Wrestling's Heavyweight Tournament 2001. That's it. That's the one. I know nothing about this tournament. It could be very bad. Are you okay with this information, Dan? I'm excited with information. Do we think this is a hidden gem? Call it now. Bad, 2001 Indie Bad Wrestling is is something I'm pretty okay with. <laughs> something you're very familiar with. You're like, ah, I'm used to this. Yeah. This is you know, a, a warm cup of bad coffee. <laughs> I, it's still coffee. It's like, I, yeah, I've, I've drank it from this cup many times. What's what's one more? What's one more? Yeah. What's one more? So the heavyweight title tournament has folks like CM Punk. It rhymed. Corporate Robinson. Adam Pierce. It's a lot. So that's up next. Dan, do you have any plugs? Uh, just my usual. I mean, follow. We don't know wrestling. Follow me, Dan underscore Rice 88. And if you want to buy a house, contact me. Ohio, Kentucky, West Virginia. Heck yeah. Heck yeah. One house. First house you sell via this podcast. If you, I'm gonna if you want so a house, happy. come to the guy who really hates the playmaker. <laughs> We'll find you a house. Not a good start. Not a good start. Not a good start. If you, you're not really captivating an audience here, Dan. Oh, dang. Um, but yeah, go follow the We Don't Know Wrestling Podcast Network at WDKWPN on Twitter. Go follow me on Twitter at Concrete1992. I probably got to find new plugs. Twitter hopefully will die sooner rather than later. And that's that. Go listen to their other episodes of Talking Attorneys. I recommend listening to episode number one, Term of Death 3, Bang My Ass, solely because I do think that will be the benchmark for the rest of this series. It's <laughs> the best tournament to ever take place in professional wrestling. According to science. I didn't know that, but now I do. <laughs> now we do. Now we do. And I hate that we, re- we reviewed it first because it's like, all this is for naught. All this is just to prove that we are correct. It can't be topped. Yeah, and I'm originally thinking, you know what? This is going to serve as a good baseline. And then we were fools. We are fools. We are fools. 
but it's pretty much referenced in some form or fashion every single episode. I was thinking about today. I was like, man, everyone's just got to listen to this one episode because it's going to explain so much about what we talk about for every single other episode. We're not going to reference Super J Cup 94. I promise you. That's not going to be a regular touchstone. I shouldn't say I shouldn't say we f- I forgot that episode. That's not good advertisement. I forgot we did that. That's yeah, don't watch that. Watch the first one. <laughs> Actually, listen to us talk about it, but just watch CZW Tournament Def 3. Yes. Yeah. There you go. We'll get you caught up and everything else. But once again, thank you all for listening. And we'll be back in 